This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, there's a lot of apprehension out there that we are headed for some kind of an economic slowdown. I mean, growth is slowing in countries all over the world, including Canada, and the finances are going to have to adjust to that. Now we're hearing that that is exactly what is happening here in BC. And this is something that Finance Minister Carol James addressed late yesterday as well. Let's hear more about that now with the help of Richard Sussman, our Global News online reporter at the BC Legislature. Hi, Richard. Hi, Simi. This was a bit of a surprise because we just had the fiscal update recently. Yeah, one of the things that Carol James mentioned in that fiscal update was that the province is worried about international issues that could lead to an economic downturn. And I don't want people to panic. James made it very clear that the economy here in BC uh, is leading the way. It's the best in the country. Um, all of that is good news. But one of the things she did not mention was that soon after announcing the first quarter financial numbers, she went to the ministers around the cabinet table that she sits with and said, I want you to look at reducing your discretionary spending. And that means a reduction on uh, unnecessary travel, potential overtime costs, potentially room bookings, and try to find a way to save a substantial amount of money in order to address what we expect will be tough economic times ahead for the province. Right. Okay. Now, this is has this happened before with this particular government? It hasn't. No. And and James said, you know, governments in the past have done it. Governments in the future will do it. But it's the first we've seen. And one of the reasons that's important, Simi, and a great question, is that this government was handed by the previous government a very rosy economic look. You know, there's huge surpluses here in British Columbia, a lot of that bolstered by property transfer taxes because of the overinflated housing market. Mm -hmm. Some of that has dried up. Uh, the province, though, uh, is now trying to look at alternatives in order to uh, either save money because the money isn't coming in, especially around property transfer taxes like it used to. Right. So they're cutting back. Was it 5%? So, no, that number was a rumor that was floated around the UBCM. Ah. Carol James says that number is not true. A 5% cut would equal billions of dollars, Simi, and would lead to, for sure, service cuts for British Columbians. That's not what we're seeing here. This is stuff that's going to take place at the ministry level, but could be a little bit of a sign towards what might come next. If the province is not able to save the sort of money it's looking for through discretionary funds, what does that mean for the budget? Doesn't mean they have to start cutting elsewhere. You know, there are some big bills that are going to come soon for the province. The deal with the teachers will be expensive. Also, we're hearing that uh, ICBC, uh, the province is uh, in court right now around a change at ICBC, which was to restrict the number of expert reports that can be used in settlements. We're hearing that the province thinks they're going to lose that. And that's a $400 million Oof. blow to the budget if they lose that court case. And so all of those bills are going to come due pretty soon, Simi, and that's going to have effect on the entire bottom line. And I think discretionary funding reductions are just the first step in what could be uh, some substantial uh, tightening of the bootstraps by this provincial government. And so how much are they hoping then to recover here? 
Yeah, so overall, they're looking at about the $300 million range. That's a lot of money. And yeah. I don't think it's reasonable to think they can save that through discretionary funding. But I think by increased prudence and additional measures, the NDP is trying to get there. Uh, Premier John Horgan just wrapped up his annual speech before the UBCM, uh, and he was asked about the discretionary funding. What he said is his government is being prudent. It's better for them to respond now before a financial disaster comes comes than to respond once the disaster comes. So he's seeing this as the government looking forward, trying to address what they expect will be an international crisis with some challenges here at home, and then to try to deal with uh, additional savings uh, when we figure out what we can save by sort of looking at internally at the ministry uh, ministry budgets. Right. It, it is interesting with the uh, premier speaking at the UBCM because in years past that used to be um, an announcement of some kind. Yeah, always announcements. Yeah. I was I was joking on Twitter that you know I remember going to these UBCM speeches with premiers, both Premier Horgan, Premier Clark, and even Premier Campbell. And you would sit down, and they would give you a stack of press releases about all the different things they announced. You know, maybe a ten million dollar fund here, all the way up uh, to getting tolls off the Coquihalla or a new Portman Bridge, which yeah. Christy Clark announced there. The the way that the NDP government is doing it is different. They sat down for more meetings than any premier and any ministers have ever sat down for during the week of UBCM. And I think this government will take the information from the hundreds and hundreds of meetings they had and build that into budget 2020. So instead of, you know, assuming to know what the municipalities want and announcing it only a matter of days after meeting with them, they will take the thoughts and comments from the meetings with communities, think about it, and then apply it going forward. I think that's actually a pretty good right. strategy. It's it's better, I think, than just guessing what municipalities want and spending a whack of money. <laughs> but it does mean that the UBCM speeches turn into more of a stand-up routine than any substantive policy oh. announcement. Was it lots of jokes? Is that what it was? Oh, man, Sammy. And bad was, comedy? Bad comedy. There was a joke about David Eby doing yoga. There was a joke about... <laughs> pot consumed in the Gulf Islands and the Kootenays. And oh, the boy. one thing that really went out of control was this conversation about a duck named Cisco from Fort St. James. And apparently the duck used to be in the chicken races and would always win, but now the duck has died. And so Horgan oh, bet on the duck, but there was no duck. Uh, I oh, hope the man. viewers aren't as confused as I was when Horgan <laughs> was telling that joke. But I joked as well on social media, the biggest announcement from the UBCM speech is we now know Cisco the Duck in Fort St. James has died. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> was there any, though, discussion uh, about the Rural Dividend Fund? Yeah. Because I know there'd been some controversy yeah. over this. So Premier Horgan was asked that numerous times in the scrum afterward. He dedicated about half his speech to the forestry industry. Uh, he thanked the truckers for coming to Vancouver. He said it's a very powerful symbol, sends a strong message. He said the Rural Dividend Fund is on a curtailment right now. It will return when the money's there, but the focus now is on the forestry community, and that's why they wanted to move the money from the Rural Dividend Fund to uh, the um, funding for forestry. Right. Uh, the UBCM passed a unanimous motion to ask the provincial government to restore the funding immediately to the dividend fund. That's not going to happen. Uh, but Horgan was very, he said, we were have been as forthright as possible. We've been open as possible of why we've done this. And we believe the most pressing issue in the province right now is the effects on the forestry communities and families affected. And that's why we're dedicating the resources there. 
Okay, so there wasn't, in the end, a lot to talk about uh, at the UBCM this yeah. week, right? Lots of lots of topics came yeah, up. Yeah, l- lowering the voting age to 16 yeah. was an issue brought up. Horgan said what the province is doing is trying to get people registered to vote as soon as they can. Uh, no movement on that yet. Also discussion about uh, permanent residents being able to vote in municipal elections. So if you're not a Canadian, but you're a permanent resident. Uh, discussions about vaping, you know, that's been a massive yeah. issue. And Washington State has announced some significant uh, movement on that. Uh, Horgan said that health Minister Adrian Dix is looking at legislation here, expect something soon in British Columbia on that. So some major issues that make a difference in people's day-to-day lives or things that first come up at UBCM, you know, the bit, one of my favorites, daylight saving time, oh boy. And going to permanent daylight saving time was first an initiative at UBCM, Simi, uh, and now we're getting close to potentially seeing that change. So, you know, things, these conversations start yeah. with the municipal leaders around the table. They get the attention of provincial governments and then federal governments, and that's how change happens. So it's all always really interesting to hear the topics that emerge as the big ones at UBCM, because a few years down the road, they're normally the ones that we see change on. So true. Richard, thank you. Thanks, Amy. That is Richard Dustman, our Global News online reporter at the BC Legislature.